In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. From our opening collect, we heard a beautiful prayer observation. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. We also heard Jesus give a most unusual proverb. Like children calling out, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. Have you ever listened to the lessons on a Sunday morning and thought, what in the world is this about? That's how I have reacted to the first half of the gospel readings that you heard Father Jeff read. I didn't quite get what Jesus was after. I kind of felt like one of my favorite scenes from the television show called The Office, where Michael Scott plays the office manager, and he, he's a bit slow, dim-witted. One of his accountants comes to him, and he's trying to explain to Michael a budget. Michael just doesn't get it after he goes through the whole list of what a budget does. With that, the character that Steve Carell plays, Michael Scott, looks up and says, Okay, Oscar, now explain all of that to me again, as if I were a kindergartner. <laughs> I think he does that because he knows that children, sometimes in their simplicity, can speak to the deepest truth they cut through all the outside jargon, and they just say it. That's, I think, what Jesus is doing when he uses the proverb. Matthew writes, Jesus says to the crowd, you are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, we played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. It's an odd saying for our ears. But it's really a clever way of saying what Jesus had said before. You who have ears, do you not hear? Or more accurately, you have ears, but you're not really listening in a way that allows you to benefit from what you are hearing. When I do spiritual premarital counseling, I do a very simple communication exercise between the couple. The first person makes a statement that we are addressing. Something like, I wish you would help me with the dishes after we finish dinner. The job of the second person, the listener, is to literally parrot back what they hear. They would say something like, what I hear you say is, you wish that I would help with the dishes after we finish dinner. Just to be able to hear what that person said. But almost to a couple, what happens is, is that second person will say, what I heard you say is, 
you wish I would help with the dishes, but my job is to work outside. Or you wish that I would help with the dishes, but really, I'm tired after work. I always jump in because that's not listening. That is beginning to formulate an argument, formulate a defense. It's a way to set the other person straight in their thinking. One of the most difficult things to experience is just listening to the other person. I think that's what Jesus was getting at. In our world, we're speaking to deep truths all around us. Truths about justice. But will we hear? In our world, we are celebrating the 4th of July, Independence Day, the signing of a declaration in 1776. But 1776 doesn't just happen. It comes after years and years of not listening. In 1770, there was a group of unruly colonists who were frustrated with British soldiers in their streets, and so they mount a protest march. As they're marching, they begin to fling snowballs. Oyster shells are thrown as well. The Sentinel Guards of Britain then bear down, and it becomes known in 1770 as the Boston Massacre, a tamping down of unruly colonists. In 1773, a group of colonists who are unhappy about taxation without representation mount what is now known as the Boston Tea Party. 342 chests of their own tea tea that was meant to be sold in their markets was dumped into the bay. 1776, a declaration of independence is written that declares that taxation without representation or the quartering of soldiers will no longer be tolerated. It's as if years and years and years went by where words were spoken, but no one was really listening. Today, there is a call, a new way of approaching ourself and our culture that makes people of power terribly uncomfortable. But that's where faith helps us. Faith trusts that the love of God is more powerful than the fear of what it would look like living into a future where the world might look different. That's what Jesus was talking about in that simple parable. Living into a world that looked like God's kingdom. A place where self-giving, charity, grace, 
where these values were held above all else. And so Jesus said, we came and we played good news, like the children who played a flute. It was positive, and they did not listen. He said, John the Baptist came preaching fiery repentance, and you did not listen to that either. Instead, now something different will happen. God's grace being born through a cross and self-giving love will show that love is more powerful than any defensive protection of power. Jesus was protesting a world where the needs of those who were easily ignored or despised were left behind. In Jesus' kingdom, he saw that the widow who gave a penny was more generous in her heart than the man who gave a bag of money. He saw that the foreigner who had faith was actually more faithful than his fellow Israelite. He came to say that the outcast person was a larger potential for gratitude than even his kinsman or that the blind could see more clearly, the deaf could hear more concisely. Because God's voice is always calling us into a clarity, a clarity that we heard mentioned in our opening prayer, to be devoted to God with our whole heart, and then to be united with one another in pure affection. Whether that message is given in the good news of Jesus or fiery preaching of John the Baptist, it's the same thing. It's a protest that says we need to listen to what the other is saying. We need to put down our defensiveness. Stop trying to figure out the best line of argument but instead we are to be that messenger of love and hope who is like Christ, self-giving, seeing Christ in those who are hurting. What would Jesus say if he were looking at our world today, where good news, where fiery preaching, where harsh messages are sometimes hurled. Jesus knew humanity would never change without some discomfort. So he led the way, offering his own life as an instrument for us to listen to and to follow, for us to be able to walk away of pure affection that unites us with the other. On this celebration of our country, a country that began because a British king wouldn't listen, a nation that started because of protests, 
one that was birthed out of a hope that we could be in a place where welcome and equality and a potential for everyone's success can be held up. I pray that in our country, as we struggle with this pandemic, as we struggle with racial issues, that we will be people as Christians who see our neighbor with pure affection, even when they believe and see the world very differently from us. May we be like Christ, frustrated sometimes, but always calling to be sure that God's grace and the good news of his kingdom can come into this world. Amen.